Today we are going to study chapter 2 sexual reproduction in flowering plants of class 12th biology before starting we must overlook the overview of this chapter flower a fascinating organ of angiosperms prefertilization structure and events double fertilization post fertilization structure and events apomixis and polyembryony let us start with the basic introduction of this chapter are we not lucky that plants reproduce sexually the myriads of flowers that we are enjoying gazing at the scents and the perfumes that we swoon over the rich colors that attract us are all there as an aid to sexual reproduction flowers do not exist only for us to be used for our own selfishness all flowering plants show sexual reproduction a look at the diversity of structure of inflorescences flowers and floral parts shows an amazing range of adaptations to ensure formation of end products of sexual reproduction the fruits and the seeds in this chapter let us understand the morphology structure and the process of sexual reproduction in flowering plants angiosperms today we are going to start with the first topic flower a fascinating organ of angiosperms Human beings have had an intimate relationship with flowers since time immemorial. Flowers are object of aesthetic, ornamental, social, religious and cultural value. They have always been used as symbols for conveying important human feelings such as love, affection, happiness, grief, mourning, etc. List at least 5 flowers of ornamental value that are commonly cultivated at your homes and in gardens. Also find out the name of five more flowers that are used in social and cultural celebrations in your family. Have you ever heard of floriculture? If yes, then please tell about it in the comment section or through voice message. Next, to a biologist, flowers are morphological and embryological marbles and the sites of sexual reproduction. In class 11th You have read the various parts of a flower. Figure 2.1 according to NCERT will help you recall the parts of a typical flower. I'll just mention the name over here. You know very well about ovary, then sepals, then stamen, carpel. Uh, stamen is divided into two parts, anther and filament, then petals. carpel has three parts stigma style and the last part is ovary and uh, ovary is is uh, under the thalamus and thalamus the flower the stalk which connects the flower is funicle okay now can you name the two parts in flower in which the two most important units of sexual reproduction develop please try to answer this this question okay next topic is pre fertilization structures and events much before the actual flower is seen on a plant the decision that the plant is going to flower has taken place several hormonal and structural changes are initiated which lead to differentiation and further development of the floral primordium inflorescences are formed which bear the floral buds and then the flowers 
In the flower, the male and female reproductive structures, the androecium and the gynecium, differentiate and develop. You would recollect that the that the androecium consists of a world of stamens representing the male reproductive organ and gynecium represents the female reproductive organ. Now we are going to study under the topic pre-fertilization structure and event about stamen, microsporangium and pollen grain. Figure 2.2a according to NCRT shows the two parts of a typical stamen, the long and cylinder stalk called the filament and the terminal generally bilobed structure called the anther. The proximal end of the filament is attached to the thalamus or the petal of the flower. The number and length of stamens are variable in flowers of different species. If you were to collect a stamen, each from 10 flowers, each from different species and arrange them on a slide, you would be able to appreciate the large variation in size seen in the nature. Careful observation of each stamen under a dissecting microscope and making neat diagrams would elucidate the range in shape and attachment of anthers in different flowers. A typical angiosperm anther is bilobe with each bilobe having two theca that is they are dithecus. Often a longitudinal group runs lengthwise separating the theca. Let us understand the various types of tissues and their organization in traverse section of an anther which you can see in figure 2.3a of NCRT. The bilobed nature of an anther is very distinct in transverse section of anther. The anther is a four-sided tetragonal structure consisting of four microsporangia located at the corners, two in each lobe. The microsporangia develop further and become pollen sacs. They extend longitudinally all through the length of an anther and are packed with pollen grains. Now structure of microsporangium. In a transverse section, a typical microsporangium appears near circular in outline. It is generally surrounded by four wall layers. The epidermis, androecium, middle layers and tapetum. The outer three wall layers perform the function of protection and help in diacence of anther to release the pollen. The innermost wall layer is the tapetum. It nourishes the developing pollen grains. Cells of the tapetum possess dense cytoplasm and generally have more than one nucleus. Now, can you think of how tapetal cells could become binucleate? If you can't, then I may tell you. In tapetal cells, only endomitosis occurs which means that only karyokinesis occurs and not cytokinesis. When the anther is young, a group of compactly arranged homogeneous cells called the sporangenous tissue occupies the center of each microsporangium. When the anther is young, a group of compactly arranged homogeneous cells called the sporogenous tissue 
occupies the center of the microsporangium now about microsporogenesis as the anther develops the cells of the sporogenous tissue undergo meiotic divisions to form microspore tetrads what would be the ploidy of the cells of tetrad as each cell of sporogenous tissue is capable of giving rise to a microspore tetrad each one is a potential pollen or microspore mother cell the process of formation of microspores from a pollen mother cell pmc through meiosis is called microsporogenesis the microspores as they are formed are arranged in a cluster of four cells the microspore tetrad as the anther matures and dehydrates the microspore dissociates from each other and develops into pollen grains inside each microsporangium several thousand microspores or pollen grains are formed that are released with the dehiscence of anther now about pollen grain the pollen grains represent the male gametophyte if you touch the open anthers of hibiscus or any other flower you would find deposition of yellowish powdery pollen grains on your tips sprinkle these grains on a drop of water taken on a glass slide and observe under a microspore you will really be amazed at the variety of architecture sizes shapes colors designs seen on the pollen grains of different species pollen grains are generally spherical measuring about 25 to 50 micrometers in diameter it has a prominent two layered walls the hard outer layer called the axine is made up of sporopollenin which is one of the most resistant organic metal known it can withstand high temperatures and strong acids and alkali no enzyme that degrades sporopollenin is so far known pollen grain axine has prominent apertures called jump pores where sporopollenin is absent pollen grains are well preserved as fossils because of the presence of sporopollenin the axine exhibit a fascinating array of patterns and designs why do you think the axine should be hard what is the function of jump pore the inner wall of the pollen grain is called the entire it is a thin and continuous layer made up of cellulose and pectin the cytoplasm of pollen grain is surrounded by a plasma membrane when the pollen grain is mature it contains two cells the vegetative cell and the generative cell the vegetative cell is bigger has abundant food reserve and a large irregularly shaped nucleus the generative cell is small and floats in the in the cytoplasm of vegetative cell it is spindle shaped with dense cytoplasm and nucleus in over 60% of angiosperms pollen grains are shared at this two cell stage in the remaining species the generative cell divides mitotically to give rise to two male gametes before pollen grains are shed three cell stage pollen grains of many species cause severe allergies and bronchial affections in some people often leading to chronic respiratory disorders example asthma bronchitis etc it may be mentioned that parthenium or carrot grass that came into india as a contaminant with imported wheat has become ubiquitous in occurrence 
and cause pollen allergy. Pollen grains are rich in nutrients. It has been a fashion in recent years to use pollen tablets as food supplements. In western countries, large number of pollen products in the form of tablets and syrups are available in the market. Pollen consumption has been claimed to increase the performance of athletes and racehorses. When once they are shed, pollen grains have to land on the stigma before they lose viability if they have to bring about fertilization. How long do you think the pollen grains retain viability? The period for which pollen grains remain viable is highly variable and to some extent depends on the prevailing temperature and humidity. In some cereals such as rice and wheat, pollen grains lose viability within 30 minutes of their release. And in some members of Rosiaceae, Leguminaceae and Solanaceae, they maintain viability for months. You may have heard of storing semen or sperms of many animals including humans for artificial insemination. It is possible to store pollen grains of large number of species for years in liquid nitrogen at minus 196 degrees Celsius. Such stored pollens can be used as pollen banks similar to seed banks in crop feeding programs.